I think so. This is the reason why I go every day to my work and I'm completely committed to the fact that we will be able to do that. Hey, Space Watchers. You listen to Dr. Karine Claes answering my question, will we ever see space as a secure and sustainable domain? This is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. I'm Thorsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. My guest, Dr. Karine Claes, is EU Special Envoy for Space in the European External Action Service, EEAS. I spoke with her during the 6th Space Security Conference held in Prague in mid-June 2022 about her position and the challenges we are facing. Enjoy our conversation. Karin, wonderful to have you in our Space Cafe here in Prague. What is your story? So how can I apply to become an envoy for space in Europe? <laughs> well, first, it is not absolutely necessary to be a space expert. Although with some years, I became some kind of a space expert. However, I'm a diplomat by function. And I started working on space in 2002, approximately, on the Galileo program when it was developed. And the Council of the European Union had to take a decision on the development of that program. At that same moment also, they decided that it was relevant to give some responsibilities to the then High Representative for Foreign Policy and Security, Mr. Javier Solana, and to the Council of the European Union itself in order to protect the European Union from threats coming through the Galileo program or to protect the Galileo program itself from outside threats. And so that is when I started with that, and I've worked on that for several years, then did something completely different and came back to it in 2015, leading the team of the former Special Envoy for Space and then finally becoming one. So what is the role of the Envoy for Space? The role of the Envoy for Space is to support the High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy in all his competencies related to space. First, those are the operational competencies that he has regarding the Galileo program, but now, since last year, extended to all the services and systems deployed under the EU space program as far as they are deemed security sensitive. There he has a role of acting urgently if it is needed and then submit his decisions to the council for confirmation or to prepare the decisions that the council will be making on his proposal. This is one element. Another element where he has an operational responsibility is the operational direction of the EU satellite center, the EU SATSEN which is a geospatial intelligence analysis agency of the European Union. That's based in Madrid. Which is based nearby Madrid. So it's in the Madrid neighborhood in Torrejón de Ardos. And this agency gives this geospatial intelligence analysis to the European Union institutional decision makers, to our missions and operations, to our member states, in order for them to be able to take reasoned decisions. Those are the operational responsibilities. Next to that, of course, he is responsible for foreign policy and security policy. And on those two issues, we also have a 
policy responsibility of advising him on international space policy. This is linked to multilateral presence. The UN, for instance, also others, cooperation with NATO, for instance, as well as bilateral dialogues with main countries, be them US, but also China, Japan, of course, Australia and others. And more globally, the idea to open channels of communication with a lot of other countries. And then security, of course. What you described as the responsibility of the commissioner is under the EEAS, the European External Action Service. Is that correct? Yeah, well, the EEAS, the European External Action Service, is the service serving the high representative for foreign affairs and security policy. And he also is vice president of the commission, so acting as part of the College of Commissioners. And we, as EEAS, are serving him with those two hats, also to make the things simple, with a hat as a chair of the Foreign Affairs Council, and with his hat of chair of the EU Satellite Centre Board. So he has quite a lot of hats. And in order to serve him, there is the European External Action Service. But the EAS does not have its own capabilities? Or you do have? So do you have sensors? Do you have telescope satellites or so? But I took from your description more think tank. I uh, would not name it a think tank. The closest to what the EES is would be both the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Defense of the European Union, established by the Treaty of Lisbon. For symbolic reasons, it was not possible to call it some kind of ministry of service for that. So the wording European External Action Service has been chosen. But it is really supporting the executive, which is the College of Commissioners and the high representative, with one person fulfilling the role of high representative for foreign affairs and security policy and vice president of the commission, one single person. And it is the services supporting him. If you want to make the equivalent in a member state, in a nation, You would have the Minister for Foreign Affairs, the Minister for Defense. Here it happens to be the same person. And you will have the administration serving them. And the administration serving these two ministers who happen to be one is the European External Action Service. And that's where it gets complicated for me and potentially for many of our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. What you just described... Sounds like one entity for foreign affairs and defense, but there's also an European defense agency. H how do you cooperate with them? We are both serving him. Okay. So Mr. Borrell, DHRVP, as we call him, High Representative Vice President, DHRVP, is also the head of EDA. Okay, I see. And so EDA is serving him and we are serving him. Okay. And we collaborate, of course, we serve him on different things, He asks the advice or one or the other or both at the same time. Okay, now we have some background information how your department works. Can you give us an overview where we stand on the EU level on the matters of space safety, sustainability, security? Those matters are for us essential to be dealt with at multilateral level. And as one of your four, former question on which I did not entirely answer on 
whether we have capabilities to support those policies. We do not in the EES have capabilities. The capabilities are developed under the EU space program. And the EU space program is a sectorial program, which is managed, it's not simple either, which is managed by the European Commission and our colleagues from the services of the Commission being the Director General for Defence Industry and Space, DG DEFIS. They do manage the EU space programme. And it is up to them to develop the capabilities that allow us to have an action. And what we are doing is to represent, as diplomats, to represent the European Union in multilateral fora and in bilateral relations. How does the EU respond to space threat? Is there a protocol? I'm quite sure there is a protocol, but what are the steps? So how does it work? This is mainly based for the moment on the Council decision 2021-698, which gives, as I told you, the responsibility to the Council of the European Union and to the High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy on reacting to threats either coming through the European space assets and threatening the security of the member states or threatening the EU space infrastructure and space assets in themselves. With this Council decision, a specific responsibility is being given to the Council and the High Representative who can act in the case of an urgency. And there is a team in my team which works on a 24-7 basis and which is the point of contact in order to be contacted if there is either the a security monitoring center seeing that there is a threat or a member state can contact us directly also or the commission. If there is something which is a threat, not necessarily a hazard, but when there is a threat element in it, meaning an intentional element on it, so that a decision can be taken at political level. And we are this tool between a technical level and the political level linked to security. Are we talking about threats to government satellites or military satellites or also to private satellites under the responsibility of the member states? So for the moment, the Council decision 698 of last year does only concern what is related to the EU space assets. EU, not national nor commercial under the responsibility of the various member states of the European Union. We talk about Galileo, we talk about Agnos, Copernicus and others. Also not including the ESA satellites? Not as such. When they are part of the EU space program, yes, but not if they're outside of it. As you know, ESA and EU are organizations which have common member states, but not all of them. And so they do not belong one to each other. However, we are for the moment thinking and drafting a space strategy for security and defense. In this framework, thinking about extending the scope of an EU response also to other elements that do not belong to the EU only. And I mean by that, by covering the entire space domain, as it is called, meaning what 
can be the target of an attack, of an intentional behavior. And this, of course, is broader than just the EU space assets. It can be the assets of a member state if a member state decides to ask for the help of the European Union on that. It can also be the assets of commercial actors that do act under the responsibility of one of the EU member states. So this is something we are thinking about and we can propose and we will most probably propose something going into that direction in the year to come. You mentioned earlier the multilateral dialogue. So how do you foster this multilateral engagement on space threats, like on the UN level? So how is the EU engaged on the, in that? Now the EU already for some years, most a decade, has a role of permanent observer in quite a lot of UN bodies, starting with the UN General Assembly, but then to other bodies. And I will not give you the exact dates for each, but we are present as permanent observer now in all space-related forum, meaning essentially for the space threats, the Conference on Disarmament in Geneva. Okay. And it is within this framework, in this particular forum that we deal with the resolution, the present resolution on reducing space threats through norms, rules and principles of responsible behavior, where on this in particular, but also on others, the European Union now is much more vocal because of this permanent observer status. It allows us to speak in the meeting and we have in-depth coordination inside of the EU in order to be able to give EU joint contributions and EU joint statements with what we're doing. So we're fully engaging now, in addition, not replacing entirely, but in addition to the contribution of our member states, thereby strengthening the voice of the European Union and its member states and being able to influence the process. My last question is something that is very close to our heart at, at Spacewatch Global, It's about sustainability of the space domain. Will we ever see or will be able to see a secure and sustainable domain? I think so. This is the reason why I go every day to my work and I'm completely committed to the fact that we will be able to do that. I think it is our responsibility to achieve that goal, not only for the present users of space services, but also for the future users of the space services. Our societies, our economies, also, of course, our defense, depend very, very much on space tools. We often don't know that, but it is, it is tremendous. We speak of more than 50% of our economy, which depends directly on or indirectly on space tools. And this is a right also for the development of all humankind. We really need to have that as a goal and to do everything we can, both on the safety part, meaning the reaction to possible future unintentional hazards, but also on the security part dealing with the real intentional threats. On both parts, we have to work, to work as inclusively as possible in order to offer the world a solution that works for us and for future generations. 
Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much, Thorsten, for this. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, Our Mothership, at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. Do you know about our other products? Our Space Cafe podcast with Markus Moslechner or our Space Cafe web talk series? No? One more reason to visit our website. And don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Krening, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space.